How's your cane, Grandma? <laughs> did you? Did you? Oh, hold on. Did you just like comedy hook your foot up? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I did. It's my turn to start. <laughs> yeah, it is. Welcome to episode ninety-six. I'm Christina. I'm Amanda. And this is I'm sorry. What the podcast? And she's very aggressive. Today. No jokes. A, this is serious. This is serious. This is serious business. We never laugh on this podcast. Never. And we don't Ever. talk about poop. Ever. Ever. <laughs> Not even if there's a fire. <laughs> uh, speaking of poop. No. <laughs> Not even if there's a fire. Oh, God. <laughs> that TikTok I sent you where it's like two best friends in the car. Yeah. It's just like when your friend gets a boyfriend. I'm not going to call him dad. You're going to call him dad. 43 years old. I wouldn't expect you to call him dad. Well, I'm not going to. Not even if there's a fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stepbrothers. I want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude. What up? A- Oh, not too much. Uh, we, Chris's brother came to visit on Friday and we got very drunk and played Tekken 2. Um, and, <laughs> and I'm still feeling it. Oh. <laughs> it's a, I mean, I, I mean, I felt fine, but then we went to the gym this morning for the first time. Like, oh dear Lord. Yep. I am dehydrated i have not eaten very well because we also ate pizza like all weekend nice yep Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm feeling a little i got the hershey squirts today you know ew (laughs) what part of we don't talk about poop do you did you not understand oh i thought that was sarcastic so then i felt i needed to talk about poop because of my contradictory nature Rude. Don't hit me with your cane, Grandma. <laughs> yeah, I have a cane now, guys. By the way, <laughs> what's up with you? How's your How's your leg? Um, she's fine. A little sore because I've been walking now, but and I got a cane because so I'm cool. I went okay. to Walmart trying to find some cool duct tape to deck it out, and they didn't have any cool duct tape. So I'm like, I'm just gonna stick with the black for now. Mm. Target's got cool duct tape. Back in the painting area, like the wall paint. Go to Target. Uh, Well, we didn't go to Target. I was just at Walmart, okay? Oh, true. And um, we got this from the Sift store in town. And Mm. I'm wondering how many dead, how what dead person had had control of this cane before I did. You know what? That's a really good question. The Sift store is a thrift store, guys. It's called, it's, the name of the store is Save It From Trash or Sift Store. And uh, it's where they, like, buy people's estates after they die and stuff. So I was like, I wonder who died. And then, (laughs) how close was this in the proximity of the dead body? Yes. And then I, like, got it home and I was, like, washing it and there was, like, it was gross. It was super dirty. And it was a very much they'd never washed it while they had it. Yeah. And then, like, this was brown. I was going to say the buildup of the hand grease. Yeah, it was so fucking gross. Uh, um, yeah, go ahead. And I, I was like, Dad, 
if I get possessed because of the fucking cane, I'm going to come back and beat you with it. Because he's the one who like went and got it for me. He's like, well, if you feel you're walking and you just feel the urge to jump in front of a moving car or something, drop the cane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll do that. <laughs> Good point. Um. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I'm glad that it's starting to feel better. I told Carrie we needed to come visit again soon because I miss all of them. And I was like, but we got to wait for Gimpy to heal up a little bit more before we uh-huh. do anything crazy. I'm like, so probably not to like March, I'd say, just to make sure everything's moving normal and yeah. you're healing right. She goes, that's fine. I can, we can wait till then. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I was extremely bored and I was like maybe I should just go back to work on Monday and mom's like well when are you supposed to go back to work and I'm like well I mean my doctor said I could go back whenever I was feeling good but I'm supposed to walk like like get back up to like being able to walk normally for another week at least with this cane and then I have a doctor's appointment and she's like why don't you just wait till after your doctor's appointment I agree just to you know Give her another week of being babied and so you don't have to go through this again. I was just going to say, you don't want to go too soon and then screw things up and have to have another anything. Yeah. (laughs) That is correct. Correct him Oh. (laughs) Bonjour. (laughs) Had to yawn. Oh. So my life's not exciting. So I don't, oh, I do have something funny. I don't know if I should say this on the podcast or not. We'll just say it and you can take He's it out if you don't like it. Fine. <laughs> so I matched with one of my brother's friends from high school on dating site. Did you? Yeah, and I didn't recognize him. And he, I, I always open with like a funny gif. So I did, and he's like, "Hey, what's up?" And I was like, "Not much." And he's like, "How's your brother Nick?" And I'm like. All right, creep, who the fuck are you? <laughs> he's like, you don't recognize me, huh? And I was like, well, I thought you looked familiar. And he's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, this is weird now. And then I like sent a screenshot of his picture to Nick. And I'm like, did you graduate with this kid? Who's this kid? And she's, he's like, ah, call him Mookie. And I'm like, what? His group of friends, they got the weirdest fucking names for each other. <laughs> supposed to call you Mookie. (laughs) That's how my life is going. Woo! Exciting. What kind of a, what kind of a story do you got for me today? Um, I was inspired by your story last week. Not really. I forgot about it and then I remembered, but it's a Jane Doe, Mm. but it's a solved Jane Doe. I was looking for a solved case because I was sick of leaving people with balls. Oh my god, you sound just like me. I was telling Chris, I'm like, I can't find any solved cases that aren't like extremely uh, in depth or I am interested in. So we're having a hard time because I've been really into like disappearances and unsolved things recently for whatever reason. So same brains. Um, (laughs) And I have found that if you do a really generic search a lot of times Wikipedia will just give you lists of things. Yes. So I found a list of solved disappearances. And then on the far right, it tells you how long, how many years it took to solve it. Ooh. So I was like, let me find the longest one. And that's... So that's what you did? Well, this one, this was a list of uh, Jane Doe's or John Doe's and how long it took to solve them. So that was that case. Get out of here. Okay. 
Cool. All right. So this I'm one ready. was 46 years. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Wow, that's a long time. <laughs> wow. Wow. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> exactly. Wow, that's 46 years. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stupid. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> On November 16th, I'm just going to start, by the way. Oh, okay. I'm ready. We're done talking now. Uh, now it's, t- it's your turn to listen. On. Um, I thought you were leaning forward to say something. I was like, bitch, I told you to be quiet. <laughs> I was listening intently, so your assumptions of me suck it. Just kidding. What's up? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay. On November 16th, 1969, the fully clothed body of a white female was located in a ravine off Mulholland Drive in Los Angeles, California, by a 15 year old boy who had been bird watching. Can you imagine? I just wanted to see, like, a blue-footed booby, and instead, right. I'm like, seeing somebody else's boobies, and that's probably not <laughs> Right? It's probably not, like, regionally cl- correct, but, like, ooh, a cardinal, ooh, a blue jay, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, the victim was a woman who was believed to be between ages of 20 and 23, uh, and was 5 feet 9 inches tall, weighing only 112 pounds. Oh my gosh. Tiny. Uh-huh. Uh, well, not tiny because she was five foot nine, but. Yeah, but for the height? Mm hmm. In total, the victim had been stabbed over 150 times in the neck. And she wasn't, like, her head wasn't severed? Mm-mm. Oh, neck, chest, and torso. I got to finish sentences okay. when I. <laughs> either, either way, that's like, that's here. Yeah. This, that's like a like a foot and a half worth of space mm-hmm. gross okay uh the weapon was believed to be like a common pen knife uh some of those wounds had severed her carotid artery uh there were also defensive wounds on her hands defenses defensive wounds freak me out like just the amount ima- like because you can imagine trying to stop it and it's just mm-hmm. like slice oh ugh. okay the tree branch had prevented her body from rolling fully down into the ravine. Um, the ravine was about a 699, like almost a 700 foot deep canyon. And her body like lay a gr- was like against a branch that was just about 15 feet down the ravine. Oh my gosh. So that is like, I don't want to say lucky, but that is, wow. Okay. Unlucky for whoever dropped her there. Right. But lucky for... Yeah, because she never been found. Yeah, exactly. Um, an autopsy. Think of how many other bodies are down there. I do that every <laughs> fucking time I drive past anything that you don't readily like walk into, like a mm-hmm. lake and or a really dense forest. Right. I'm like, <clears throat> there's probably a body in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, an autopsy conducted the following morning determined that her murder was her murderer was right-handed. Um, she had not been the victim of robbery or any form of sexual assault prior to her murder and had no drugs or alcohol in her system when she died. The victim had been killed, they believe, approximately two hours after having eaten a meal, and she had been discovered within 24 to 48 hours of her murder. Wow. Um, the woman had green eyes, tinted dark brown hair, and had vaccination scars on both her left arm and left thigh, 
A quarter inch horizontal scar was also visible beneath her left breast, and there was a birthmark on her right butt cheek. Um, she had also received silver fillings in both her upper and lower jaw. However, the woman had no other distinctive features, and she had no identification in her possession at the time of her discovery. Okay, so um, they discovered some evidence at the crime scene that suggested the victim had been killed elsewhere and then driven to the disposal location where her body was dragged out of the car and then rolled down into the ravine. Um, they actually believe that I think it was based on the blood, the blood in her body or how the blood was in her body that she was sitting up in a car. Oh, how it pooled internally. Died. Yeah. Yeah. And then she dragged because it was um they a lot of the articles specifically said she was upright in a vehicle and then dragged from that vehicle okay and then like two days after they found her they found a pair when they were searching the scene again uh of liberty brand glasses belonging to a nearsighted individual about 50 feet from where the victim's body had been in the ravine but the remains they're not sure if those glasses are related to the case or not they're still it's they have them as evidence but they don't know um because several articles of clothing on the victim had because several articles of clothing the victim like had on at the time um were brands that were manufactured outside of the u.s uh they believe that she may have been an immigrant possibly from spain or canada because her boots and jacket were made in those countries, respectively. Um, other articles of clothing worn by her included shorts from Massachusetts, a leather belt, and a sweater. A buckle on the belt was made of brass, and the victim wore two metal rings, one white, one yellow gold. Um, and the yellow ring contained like a red stone, and the white ring bore Native American designs that was manufactured in Mexico. So there was just some that it just gave them a hint that she may not be from that really is kind of like the last week's yeah. one where it's like the forensics of the material and their whatever brings yeah. them elsewhere that's cool okay. so the location of the victim's body prompted police to suspect the manson family and their involvement um, okay in her murder uh charles manson was interviewed but denied any involvement of course well um However, because they had already been arrested by this point. Right. Uh, but a woman closely matching the description of share of the woman had been seen days before the victim had been murdered with various um, inhabitants of Spawn Ranch. Okay. Um, the in- individual who informed the police of this fact stated she believed the woman used the name Sherry. So they called her Sherry Doe from then on. Okay. She was actually labeled in the county records as Jane Doe 59. So, like, her legal yes. file was Jane Doe 59. But they, yep. when they referred to it in the papers and referred to it, they called her Sherry Doe. It was like that, the like the pet name in order to keep people mm-hmm. listening. Um, they were, the Manson family was suspected to be involved in the case due to, um, the location of where the body was approximately it was just miles from the site where Sharon Tate and four other victims had been murdered. It was about four Mm. miles. Okay. Um, However, nothing ever came of the investigation and the case went cold. 
So what? You're going to say something? No. Oh, okay. I was like, it's just always a bummer when it's like, and then nothing happens. So they had to continue on with other things because. So they had done some like, um, because I mean, her body had been slightly decomposing. Well, yeah, it's hot. they did some like facial reconstructions and drawings of what they thought she would look like and released them to the media. Um, and then they had taken some pictures of her in the morgue. Um, and those are all listed in the national missing and unidentified person system. Okay. And so we're going to fast forward 46 years wee, wee, wee. Uh, to June of 2015. Okay. A woman named Ann Gervetson was contacted by friends who had been searching through the National Missing Persons and Unidentified Persons system and had noticed a similarity between a morgue photograph of Sherry Doe and Ann Gervetson's estranged sister. Interesting. Okay. In response to the not- to being notified about this, she submitted Ann submitted a DNA sample for comparison to a sample retrieved from um, the Jane Doe and which had been retained and stored all these years. And uh, one year later, in April of 2016, uh, it was determined that the body had been conclusively identified as being that of her little sister. Mm. Her name is Reet Sylvia Jurvetson. Reet? Yes. She was a 19-year-old native of Montreal, Canada, who had been living in Los Angeles for just weeks prior to her murder. Oh, my gosh. Can you, like, seriously, you go Mm -hmm. to a new place, you're there for, like, a couple weeks and something like this happens, that is exactly the perfect way for someone not to get caught killing somebody. Right. So, um, and she was known, like, she was 19 years old, her family had described her, she was super bright, she was, like, a straight-A student, um, and her family had described her as a bit of, like, a wanderer. She was kind of someone who wanted to go on adventures and things like that. Right. So... Uh, Reet Sylvia Gervetson had left Canada to visit a man named John or Jean. They weren't quite sure of the name. Okay. Uh, in California in the late summer of 1969. Several weeks after she had arrived and just two weeks prior to her murder, she wrote a postcard to her family, which basically kind of just summed up her life in California. The weather is nice and the people are kind. I have a nice little apartment. I frequently go to the beach. Please write to me. Hugs, Reet. Was the postcard she had sent to her mother and father. Just a couple weeks before she Mm -hmm. was no longer heard from, right? It was actually like on Halloween was the day it was postmarked. So it was like two weeks before she died. Okay. She also sent uh, a postcard to her closest friend. Um had informed them that she was content and had decided to stay in California and that she had found an apartment within a four-story building named the Paramount Hotel. Okay. Uh, Her family did not report her missing as she was known to be adventurous and presumed she was simply making a new life for herself. Um, They did make efforts to contact Reed throughout the years with no results. Her sister, Anne also stated in an interview that in addition to the family's hope Reed would contact them, they didn't know how to find someone on the other side of the continent. Right. You know, it's 1969. It's not like it's, they have you go on Facebook most people or barely even have phones in their apartments, you mm-hmm. know, like you can't just, I don't know. I guess it makes more sense now than it would like, or well, then, it, than it would like now. If you're right. Not. And if she's in a big city, it's not like they can 
send a postcard postmark it to whatever address the other one came from and just hope it gets sent to wherever she is now because like a small town people know where people live so they just forward it without it you know right interesting okay however though after several weeks have passed without contact from her their parents did call like I don't know if they called the police or they called someone to um go to her address upon the postcard um but the individual was informed that Reed had vacated the apartment several weeks previously shortly after that the family did hire a private investigator and they were never able to uncover any leads oh my goodness um which your private investigator must have sucked yeah they literally found this Jane Doe like two weeks later are you not looking for okay so what about missing people what about that disappeared or found or found around the time that she disappeared yeah it's kind of like hi what did they pay you for hi what the fuck did you do um however despite all of this reed sister did state that prior to her being shown the online photographs of her sister she and her family had never given any serious thought to reed being a victim of a homicide they literally just thought that she had started her life somewhere and well and if she had that kind of a personality like i don't mm-hmm. think anybody's first thought if there's not a questionable thing that happened i don't think anybody's first thought is like oh so following them identifying her body uh both of her family and cold case detectives named two individuals of significant interest in the case however they didn't have i mean it was 46 years later and all they mm-hmm. had to go on was John or Jean. So they believed um, the first individual was the man named John or Jean with whom they believed Jervitson had become acquainted with when she had worked at a Toronto post office several months prior to her murder. Mm-hmm. And according to her family, uh, Jervitson had absolutely, she was smitten with him. Like they, oh, really? Yes. And had saved her earnings through her work at the post office in order for her to travel to meet him in California. Okay. Um, what they believe is that um, she had moved in with him and his roommate for a short time, um, She, but she was not known to have established any other close acquaintances throughout the relatively short period of time that she lived in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and neither the man she traveled to meet nor his roommate ever had ever filed a missing persons report or come forward interesting okay so there were composite sketches of the individuals created by the los angeles police department from descriptions created um from people in canada who had seen him mm-hmm. um one of them looks like leonard wallowitz from leonard wallowitz oh wait no not Leonard Wallowitz. What's what's his first name? Wallowitz's name. Uh, Howard Wallowitz. Howard, Howard. I was like Howard Leonard Wallowitz? from Big Bang Theory. <laughs> it's bowl cut. Yes. Yeah. Um, hell yeah. <laughs> so a a witness had come forward from Montreal um, who had said that Reed had met Jean while she worked in Toronto and also stated she had specifically traveled to California to meet the individual um, after he had left Montreal and she had mentioned that he had a roommate. Okay. She, they were also able to confirm that he had been a medical student who had closely resembled uh, Jim Morrison. Oh, <laughs> all right. And that he had a slight French accent. The, so the second individual considered of interest was the believed and suspected roommate of Jean or Jean. 
Mm-hmm. They also believe his name might have been Gene. So one of them might have been John. The other one might have been Gene. And that's why there's confusion of... Fucking Bert and Ernie over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another witness had come forward saying that in the uh, spring of 1970, he had said that he had lived with Reet in Los Angeles the previous year. Okay. Uh, they claim to have... He claims that Reet had left them, like had moved out of their apartment of her own volition and he had also made brief attempts to assure them that um, she had not been in any form of danger when she had left the two men making a statement that oh yeah she was with us for a couple of weeks and then she left of her own everything's fine she was happy oh, okay that seems a little cavalier when you know yes. that someone disappeared but all right yes. um the third individual the investigators considered of interest in the case was a man named m Linhurst. Um, this inter- individual had lived across the hall from the apartment where Reet Jervitson had resided at the time of her murder, and investigators hope he or she will be able would be able to recall the sure name of either or both of the two individuals, but they did not. Okay. Um, or were not able to, and that part, this part of the case is still open and, and unsolved. Oh. But yeah, that's. I can tell you that if there's anyone with information about the case, they can contact LAPD detectives and their Crime Stoppers number. But it's 46 Christ. years later. I don't think they're right. Well, and if the and if there is, and they're able to figure it out, cool. Like cool. I, but it, it's less, not a lot to go off of. Less all than, they have is yeah. they don't even know their full name. Less than likely. Yeah. Um, but wow, nice. It's just interesting because it's like, because a lot of the investigation happened like modern times, you forget about the fact that it was like 1969. Yeah. Or 70. It was 1969. Yeah, because it was November, correct? Or like Mm -hmm. October, somewhere in there. Um, Yeah. Interesting. Because then it's like, oh, yeah, I suppose they didn't really collect anything. They They were able to collect DNA, though. Yeah. But I mean, like they can't dna is great but you have to have like something to compare it to in order to use it which well and they she wasn't raped or anything so they didn't yeah think they had any of i mean i was just saying they were able to at least they were smart enough to keep her dna on file so right they could compare it to right oh yeah because she wasn't sexually assaulted at all or anything Mm-mm. which and she wasn't robbed like robbery either. no so it seems like it was just like probably a crime of passion of some sort and then dumped mm-hmm. because they panicked because with the like excessive amount of stab wounds 150 times and it's a tiny pen knife yeah like i feel like that motion 150 times is like eh. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it just seems very excessive yeah it's excessive and that's where it's like it can't be somebody that just like didn't know her i wouldn't think because that seems to be the thing the case is like when it's a personal attack there's the frenzy unless it's a mad person that's like yeah on their way out on their way to the disintegration of their like mm-hmm. uh methodology i don't know interesting it's really cool i mean not cool but it's an interesting case to ponder about yeah I, th- I think that's why i've been really into unsolved cases recently and like disappearances and stuff because mm-hmm. just the fact that it's like you can it's not a open shut this is what happened type of thing. You can yeah. actually use your brain and think about it and mm-hmm. think of the possibilities. So yeah, good job. Oh, thank you. I have to pee really bad. Then go pee. I'd be right back. I go pee too. Hey, see you soon.
Bye. Hello. Hi. Did you that hear was, me yell at my father? Yes, that was rude. <laughs> Maybe breakfast clown. <laughs> I asked him before he was, I was like, Dad, are you going to make breakfast this morning? He's like, yep. And so then I yelled, make me breakfast clown. <laughs> I just didn't want to yell it because that would have been rude. Because <laughs> that would have been rude. <laughs> if he already had the intention of making me breakfast, it was more just like me yelling a statement. Like a joke. Than a demand. <laughs> uh, um, I just turned on what the forecast and it says it's snowing. That means you can stay home and masturbate. Hooray! <laughs> Hooray! Snow day. <laughs> I don't think that's what that means. <laughs> For some people it might <laughs> And then it reloaded and it says it's slightly snowing. Stop being such a fucking wuss about it. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. Uh, All right. Well, I've peed. Me too. I'm and feeling... My leg hurts, so... Let's get this party done. Let's fucking... So you it. can lift her up above your heart. Take a painkiller. Yeah. Let's All do right. it. I think I slept weird on it because it's like from the knee down is just throbbing today. Oh, so it's probably turned funky. Yeah, or I'm my, I'm dehydrated, so my muscles are cramping because that's that been happening be. a lot too. That could be. They atrophied and now they're cramping <laughs> <laughs> from lack of use. <laughs> Dude, my calf is just like jello salad. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. That's... Uh, <laughs> so gross it's gross <laughs> and then the other one is like the terminator because it's been being used so much <laughs> it's been being used for all all of your girth all my girth <laughs> a whole kit and caboodle chris said that the other day he's like you pushed against me with all of your girth i'm like get out of here <laughs> excuse me uh, i guess me it- and my girth will be sleeping alone tonight <laughs> It was it was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway. Right. So, okay, so um, I'm going to tell you about Jessica Chambers. It's still kind of an open case. It's really, really recent. Like it happened in 2014, and they didn't even like find a person until 2016, 2017. So. Uh, I have as much details as are available for me to have because they have some things kind of kept for for court and stuff. But this has been to trial a couple times, so this is more detailed than other things in it. So let's start. Um, on December 6th of 2014, at about 8.10 p.m., Jessica Chambers, who was 19 at the time, was found burning next to her car, which was also on fire, uh, near Cortland, Mississippi. Uh. yeah a flammable liquid was poured on her body and poured down her throat and was <gasps> in her nose <coughs> so oh, yeah hurts. so she basically was doused with it while she was still ble- uh breathing is what that comes to i don't um, like that at all yeah i think being on fire is right is like my number two way of not wanting to die i feel like being on fire is my number one drowning is my number one because it uh on fire is you're drowning on fire what if you're alive and you're on fire you are drowning on fire i know but (laughs) 
if you're drowning or being forced to drown, I've just heard horror stories of an of like first of all, it feels like you're on fire from the inside because it feels like your lungs are exploding. Mm-hmm. But then like the weight of the water and everything just gets heavier and heavier and just terrifying to me. So maybe it's tied because I'm a wimp when I just get like a steam burn, it like hurts for two weeks. So maybe maybe fire's number one. <laughs> so my mom's like step brother. Um, he got into an accident and he started on fire and he was wearing a leather jacket. So his internal organs didn't get burnt. So he stayed alive for a really long time. And so I, (laughs) I have this, like, mom was talking to me about how he was in the hospital for, for it. And that, I mean, he ended up dying, but like, yeah. So that's ever since I was young. When you get severe burns and you live, your chances of dying go up exponentially because of infection because Mm -hmm. it's like they get infected very easily well and it's just like cauterizing things it's a great tool but if you do it the inappropriate way then you you just get infected and end up getting sick and die Mm -hmm. so it's yeah so fire is my number one you know i'm gonna say fire i'm gonna change it (laughs) i'm gonna go ahead and change it to fire's my number one drowning's definitely my number two drowning's my number two (laughs) and then buried alive oh that's the same as drowning to me. Yeah, but like, it's not in water. So, <sighs> okay, I don't want to think about it anymore. Suffocating in general, however, you're going to suffocate. Yeah, any slow suffocation is no fun. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Like, I'm like uncomfortable, a, so I'm like giggling. A, like a quick <laughs> suffocation, you know, when you're, you know, you know, it's fine. <laughs> a quick suffocation, you know, you know, don't tell. I- Autoerotic asphyxiation does not kill you if you do it correctly. That's what I'm saying. It's a quick one. <laughs> Just use Louise. <laughs> Don't even judge That's me. Just yeah. <laughs> so, um, her car keys after they found her. Oh, we're back found... to the story. I'm well, sorry. I have to go back to no, the story. We gotta jump back into it. Sorry. Okay. We we never. So she was on fire next to her car, and. <laughs> When she was found, because she was found by um, some people driving past, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So when she was found, they found her car keys were on the side of the road, down the road a little bit. uh, And her cell phone was also found. I couldn't find where they found the cell phone, but I'm assuming it was like strewn someplace at the scene because it wasn't burnt. Um, Okay. Which... This was examined and tracked and tried to figure out where she had been that following day mm-hmm. or that previous day. Excuse yeah. me. They found that she had spent the morning with a couple of friends. Um, she went and took a nap at her mom's house after that. That a girl is what I put. That a girl. Nap time. Um, Listen, sometimes you wake <laughs> up early just so that you can fit a nap in that day. You know what? Am I the only one who's done that? No. <laughs> I'm going to wake up super early so I have plenty of time to nap today. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Makes total sense. (laughs) Um, So after that, she had left. She received a text, her mom said. Didn't say who it was from, but she had received a text. And then she left to go um, get something to eat and go clean her car out, is what she told her mom. Okay. Uh, She was seen at the gas station about a mile and a half away from where she was found that night. Um, she was seen there at about 5 30 so timeline right now she left her mom's right around five 
Um, and then 5.30, she was seen at this gas station. Uh, that was the last time that she was seen by somebody at that point before her discovery. Uh, according to her cell phone records, she was near Batesville, Mississippi, around 6, which is like another town next to it, so about 20 minutes away. Um, but then she was back in Cortland about 6.30. Um, her reasoning for being in Batesville was unknown at the time, and about at and at about six forty five she called her mom and her mom says that she was weirdly quiet, so she had called her mom just to tell her like, "Hey, yep, I'm good, everything's good. I don't know if she asked her something, but her mom was like she just was kind of off like she didn't seem like herself and then and remember she was found at eight ten on okay. fire um she on fire, on fire. what time did she call her mom? At 6.45. Okay. Uh, so, because it said 15 minutes after the cell phone tower found her near Cortland again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then at 7.30, she drove near the area where her body was found 30, 30 40 minutes later. So okay. 7.30 is when she headed there. Uh, when Jessica was being treated, the first responders believed that she had said something about an Eric or a Derek had attacked her. Fucking um, Derek. But there's no one who popped up in their investigation directly linked to her that were named Eric or Derek, like looking at her cell phone records or anything. Okay. So they were like, did she actually say that? We don't know. And later on in the court, um, some of the experts and the examiners said that her throat was too burnt because she was inhaling the fire to be able to say anything that would be understandable. So she would have gurgled something out maybe, but it probably wouldn't have sounded what she wanted it to sound like. Okay. Um, I'm pretty, it's pretty well, everyone in the area was questioned. Anybody that was there and they were ruled out along with her boyfriend who actually was in jail at the time. So he had a bit of an alibi. Okay. I would, I would think so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Jessica died from her injuries in the hospital the following morning after she was found. Um, Jessica's case was put on the Unsolved Mysteries website in February of 2015 because, uh, like, few months had passed and there was no break in the case. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then in February of 2016, so another year, Quentin Tellis was indicted for capital murder for her death. Um, yeah, he had priors and in 2015, he had been arrested for the murder of another woman, Maying Chen Seo, I think is how you say her name. Um, and he was caught using her debit card after she was found dead. Yeah. Which is how she, he was caught for that. Uh, he was connected with Jessica through text records. So as soon as he was caught, they were like, okay, well, they were in contact, um, Clearly, he's killed somebody, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't be surprised if he killed somebody else. Um, the two knew each other for a few weeks and seemed to be involved, according to what their texts were about. Okay. Um, and he was the last person to have texted her before her death. Mm. Yes. So and why she- didn't they question her, him? See, they did. Oh. But initial- initially, Tellis said that he had only seen Jessica in the morning when they were with their friends. That's a and- lot. Right, but until they had a warrant to look at his cell phone records right. as to where he was, they couldn't really tie him to it other than they talked. 
you right. know Roger um, Roger that so uh, he said that he had been with Jessica that morning and that he had gone to a store near where she was recovered about the same time of her murder. Like he was in the area, but he doesn't know what she was doing. Um, but the store surveillance showed that he didn't even come to that store until at least 15 minutes after her body was discovered, let alone mm. brought there, set on fire, so Sus- on and so forth. Suspicious. suspicious. That's suspicious. Uh, but... The cell location data shows that they were together and their cell phones basically moved together um, until at least 7.30 and that he had traveled to Batesville the same time as she did. Mm. So they pretty much tracked together the entire time. They were either together or he was following her. Yes. And he was trying to make it seem like he was at least before her, he was elsewhere. Like it Mm -hmm. wasn't at the same time. Um, when Telus was told this, he changed his story. Weird. Um, now he said that he was with Jessica until about seven, and then a friend picked him up. Um, but when the friend was questioned, he's like, I was at a football game in Nashville, and so. it was confirmed. So Telus's alibi was like thrown right out. I mean, on one hand, good for you. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, is that your friend? Aren't you supposed to go? <laughs> Not if they kill people, Christina. I was, I was going to say, Christina, if ever I come to you and I'm like, hey, they're going to come question you about killing this person that I I killed um, and most likely sexually assaulted and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, because whatever. Uh, could you just like pretend we were together? That'd be great. Listen, it depends. <laughs> If it was like a relationship where it's like you had it fucking coming, he had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Earl had to die type of situation. Yeah, like if we're in like an Earl had to die situation, listen, Earl had to die. But if it's just some rando, bitch, you going to jail? Okay, there's right? a difference. <laughs> uh, so once they found this out, they confronted Telus with uh, what his friend said, and he changed his story again imagine that so now it's like okay so now you're just trying to change your story to fit with whatever evidence we find to make it so you're not guilty uh right so you killed her then is what yeah (laughs) he now was saying that jessica picked him up that night and they went to taco bell in batesville and then they went back to his house listened to music sitting in his driveway and then she left around 7 p.m which kind of goes with the timeline so maybe that did happen but what happened after 7 p.m did she actually leave yeah quinton quinton um so names that start with q are weird yeah i have a friend from the gym named la quinton and he goes by q just straight q because it's faster easier mm-hmm. to say and yeah every time i'm like la quinton quinta in <laughs> <laughs> La Quinta. If okay, Jesse, every time I say La Quinta, she goes, It's La Quinta. <laughs> I'm sorry you majored in Spanish. Okay. Can you see my face? Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a hotel. Are you offended? <laughs> um Love you, Jesse. <laughs> it's okay. I give her shit all the time. So uh he now said that she picked him up. They went to Taco Bell, right? And they listened to music in the driveway. Mm-hmm. Sure. So do you listen to? Yeah, what'd you listen to? Off the top, off the top, what'd you listen to? (laughs) So he says she left at about 7 p.m., but the phone location 
and surveillance from a gas station that was like right next to his house um shows that she didn't her car didn't drive out of that driveway until 7 30 and they never actually saw her okay. other than her car being there okay and hello <laughs> and when the car left it was driving towards where she was found okay um though this was a subtle difference the authorities were convinced that uh she ran into we're not convinced that she had ran into somebody else in the 30 minutes before she was found burning. Right. Um, that would have done anything just like that. Just randomly lit her on fire? Yes. It's like, that's just not, no. Not how I mean, works. does not shit happen like that where it's like, uh, totally out of nowhere? Sure. But highly, highly unlikely. Usually the simplest conclusion is the right one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would so, agree with that. They took a sample of DNA from TELUS, obviously, and they matched that to the DNA that was found on the tossed car keys. Uh, surveillance video also shows TELUS's sister's car stopping briefly at his home and then driving towards the scene. So it's just, it. They'll, I'll break down what they think happened and you'll understand why that is important. Uh, the video also shows that throughout the day, Telus changed his clothes three times. So why? Yeah, like what? But why? But um, like why? Yeah. <laughs> so it's shown that within an hour of Jessica's death, Telus had deleted all the communication that he had with her on his phone. You know, thinking that that would yeah. do it. So how um, that works stupid not, especially now like everything is recorded people don't forget <laughs> and this was before he found out that she like would have found out if he didn't already know yeah it was um, like he yeah got it yeah and he stopped contacting her after that even though the days fall like leading up to it they had talked almost constantly it was one of those like ongoing conversations um, between the two of them right. so it was really weird that it was like oh deleted all the messages and never contacted her again um so timing was weird some mm-hmm. of the messages showed that he get out of here notification um some of the messages showed that he had repeatedly asked her to have sex with him like and asked and asked and she would constantly deny it and be like i have a boyfriend like i'm not so she was like friend zoning him and he wanted to yeah it seems that way like like she would flirt and stuff but it didn't seem like she made it any made it seem like she was interested in anything more than a friendship Mm -hmm. um according to the texts it also came out that just that on the day of her murder he had asked her four times if they could hook up ew and then I and I wrote, calm down, man. Jeez. No. Did you take a Viagra and then have someone cancel on you? Get out of here. Right? Get. Go on. Get. <laughs> With the cane, it's perfect. <laughs> um, what, uh, what prosecutors believed happened, so this is kind of the breakdown of the timeline for them, mm-hmm. um, is while they were in the driveway listening to music, which... According to the text, I wouldn't be surprised if she was just sitting there talking with him because she didn't seem interested sexually. Um, 
he had tried to convince her to have sex with him and she resisted him and declined. Um, he then suffocated her. This is the what they think happened. He had then suffocated her to unconsciousness, not to death, and drove her car, which is why her car left without seeing her get out, out and in or anybody get out and in mm-hmm. um, to the area where she was found. And then he ran to his sisters who lived near the area she was found and took her car, borrowed it, went and got gas from his house, which is why his sister's car popped in and popped back out. Because from the surveillance, you couldn't see the person getting in and out. Mm -hmm. Um, You could just see the back end of the car. Okay. And so he, they think that he went and got gas from his house. Like he had a thing of gas for if he ran out of gas and came back, poured the gas on the car and intentionally started it on fire with her body in it, thinking she was dead. Um, that's he what think happened. It doesn't specifically say, but I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't know if all of the details have come out, come out because it's still an investigation. It's still, still an investigation. <laughs> They've gone to trial, but it's been mistrialed. Mm-hmm. And so technically the information from the trial is still up to what they want to set, put out there. Yeah. Um, so then they think that she at some point woke up and attempted to escape the car. And that's why she was found outside the car okay. on fire when it was found on fire. Um, Telus's defense, though, claims that she had identified an Eric or a Derek as her killer. And Telus told them that she had had contact with a um, known sex offender in the area named Derek Holmes. And... Okay that this Derek Holmes had kind of become obsessed with Jessica and was stalking her in Telus's words. And so I don't know if this was just something he went for a like hail Mary, this person. Yeah. Um, But Derek, this Derek guy had a solid alibi. He was not around during the time and they of said, anything happening. And they said that her vocal cords were so thin she couldn't have said anything. Exactly. And he was easily ruled out because they had never had any contact via phone at all. So they didn't like communicate at all. It was literally just a, they had been seen in the same area at one point. So somebody's like, I mean, I've seen her around here, right. but not like actually communicating um and like you said it seemed that the damage to her throat she wouldn't have been able to say anything that made sense or Mm -hmm. understood anyway uh so Telus went and it also showed that she didn't have contact with anybody named Derek or Eric like anybody within 30 days of her death so there's like little to no I mean to be fair if he was stalking her it's true you know it's true but it it doesn't say that it was even that Derek guy that she was talking to the 30 days before that so I don't know what exactly happened but it seems unlikely it's another one of those like seems like you're reaching to try to prove something different other than you seems like you're reaching there bud you're reaching there bud so Telus went on trial or went on trial for the murder in October of 2017 uh, at first, the verdict was not guilty, but, and then it, in some of the articles, it was like, there was confusion and they went back to whatever. So basically the jury didn't understand that they could, um, that they, I'm trying to think of how the best way to, that they could did, like, 
couldn't come to a verdict and declare a mistrial because they weren't hung jury. Yes. There we go. They didn't realize they could do that. They thought that it, if they couldn't do that, it was the reasonable doubt type of thing. So then they would have to declare not guilty. Um, So then they went back for an hour and they declared a hung jury and it was a mistrial and they were like going to just retry him. Okay. Um, A new trial started in September of 2018 with a different, like in a different County. So it was unbiased since there was so much. Right. uh, Reporting of it in that, in that County. Um, This was also declared a mistrial. And I think it was for the exact same reason that they couldn't come to a verdict. Mm -hmm. Uh, Prosecutors kind of went into this mode of like, do we retry him again for this? Or do we send him to the county where he's already getting charged with murder and they have more evidence and at least get him charged with that? Mm -hmm. Um, And then maybe go back to this and try to get it from there because yeah as of Once right now they just let's take care of the one where we can actually get him in jail for it and then we can come back to the one where we're still right because currently he was in jail for just the theft of the debit card because they were able to just do a quick mm-hmm. um because obviously he stole the credit card so he was in there for like a couple years so then they were like well we need to get him convicted for something before he was due to release at like 2022 or something was his mm-hmm. release date for what he was charged with. Um, and so basically it seems like right now they have decided to go forth with the trial for, um, why can't I think Mayings, mm-hmm. uh, murder. And cause it looks like from, cause it's kind of hard cause it's such a recent case that all of the articles I have to like, look at the date to in order to like figure out if it's like current information Mm -hmm. and so from what I could find from the most recent article that I could find is that they had a date for the trial for Mayings murder in October of 2020 but it got delayed because one of the witnesses changed their story so then they had to like readjust things and I haven't seen a reschedule of the date well, and so, everything with COVID, there's a lot of... Exactly. So it's kind of, we'll see what happens, but I'm guessing within this next year, something mm-hmm. will come of it. But I just thought it was an interesting case. Mm-hmm. And I think it caught my eye because of the burning outside of the car thing and like how... Ugh. It's just so... And you, okay, you know what? You would probably recognize her picture because I think I knew it from like just seeing it on the news when it was first mm-hmm. happening um because da, 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 not Jessica Alba you silly goose silly goose that's for later for Amanda oh <laughs> shit yeah what's up <laughs> all right let me just find the picture that I saw and I was like oh this she looks so familiar this one Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, and I'm like, yes. And like his, obviously his family says that he is getting railroaded and that he, they just want to close the case and whatever. And I'm like, I don't know about that. Pretty and sure. I, but I can also understand the jury. If he had to like, change his story three fucking times. Right. And I can be a lot less fucking suspicious. I can understand the jury being like, I don't know if it's beyond a reasonable doubt he's guilty because like, yes, 
this picture could be painted, but also this picture could be painted. It's not like this is the only definitive thing that happened. So I'm like, I get it, but also I I think he's guilty from everything I read, all of the details that I read. But again, I don't have every single detail, so I would agree that he's guilty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that your pupper? There, Clover is standing under a tree, barking at a squirrel, <laughs> hanging out on the branch. She's just, she's not happy that it's on the branch in her yard. I bet you, looking down like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> dude, calm down. I'm like 40 feet above you. I'm not bothering you. Get, get. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. Did you know that side parts are no longer in? Oh, I'm not surprised. And it's supposed to, I don't have a head shape for a, a middle part. I can do a middle part, but I have to like actually do my hair in order to do it. Otherwise it like slicks down like alfalfa. I, my head, I don't have the head shape for a middle part. So we need to not make this thing. <laughs> well, and that's just like Kat was saying, little eyebrows are coming back. No. <laughs> I was Listen. like, good, good for me. Then I don't have to do too much to them. <laughs> I've got like... I need to go get my eyebrows waxed. My sister is looking at him and she's like, dude, what is happening on your face? And I'm like, listen, I don't have a hand for plucking my own eyebrows and they've gotten out of control. And now I need to get them professionally done, but I don't want to go anywhere. So I'm just growing these giant fuzzy caterpillars on my face. Well, the nice thing about that is that you can shape them however you want to. It's true. That's what I'm... Don't make them skinny. <laughs> you don't want Gwen Stefani via 2003 Christina eyebrows? Aguilera. No. Aguilara. Aguilara. No. No, <laughs> I right. don't. That was eyebrow corner. <laughs> and a part, hair part corner. Yeah, this I is don't, our new fashion section. I have a cowlick right in the middle of the front of my head that forces me to do a side part otherwise my hair just sticks up straight so that's my issue right here but it's on the side so it it's fine but not like a widow's peak into a cowlick i know and i've definitely noticed i'm not thinning but it's not as thick as the rest of my hair right here because i'm growing all these fucking baby hairs like i'm i know that's what mine is right there. Is it's all these like fine hairs in comparison to the thick ones. So it's like ooh. wispies, wispy, no, all right. wispies. <laughs> okay, guys. Hey, uh, thanks for listening. Hey, thank you. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> thank you for listening. And thank you. <laughs> Jeez. Um. Uh, uh. Like, follow, listen, subscribe. The spiel. All the stuff with the things and the and the cool things. Listen. Listen. L- hey, listen. Listen. And then you can just go ahead and um, just spread whatever you need to spread. Mm-hmm. All of the things. Mm-hmm. Just spread yourself. Spread, spread the, word. the word. Spread bird the peanut butter. Is the word. I went. We went two different ways with that. Bird, 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 bird. Okay, bye. Bird is the word. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, she she had to get out. Grease. I went grease there. 
Okay, bye guys. Bye.